they're willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. My voice sounds funny. I have a little bit of a cold. I don't know where it came from, but I hope it goes away real soon. Um, and that's what you're going to hear today with my voice. Um, but I have a lot of clips today, a lot of audio clips. Uh, to, the, the theme of the day is government corruption. So I could do a show all day if you'd like me to. I could probably put together about a 10-hour show. Well, I think you would get bored after a while because it's just never-ending, never stops. It never stops. I wrote these notes down in my uh, little notepad here. It's basically what we've been talking about all week. You know, globalism is uh, where, you know, government and corporations come to an agreement to sell an unconstitutional concept. And in in part, they control the money because the corporations control the money. BlackRock controls the corporations. You know, these big financial investors that have $16 trillion portfolios control Coca-Cola, Pepsi, you know, the whole thing. And then they allocate dollars toward media outlets that carry their water and share their narrative and push their agenda. And you can't do it without that cooperation. You have that. You have to have that. And therefore, um, they're selling ideas that people don't like, so they rig elections to win the elections, because they know that if they get in power, they can cover up the crimes that they've committed, and that includes the crime of election fraud. They could use COVID to do the mail-in ballots and uh, the ballot harvesting and the whole thing, and just call it off in the name of public safety. They use these umbrellas and they create they create they create chaos, they create conflict, they create divisiveness. And it's all part of what they're doing. It's all part of the plan. So they started COVID and from COVID they redistributed wealth from the middle class and that money ended up in the hands of Pfizer who sits on the board of the World Economic Forum, who makes the corporate, uh, helps with the corporate and government alliance. 
and controls the media because Pfizer spends a lot of money on media. So it comes right out of the conservative taxpayer, middle-class taxpayer's pocket into the enemy's hands where they propagate all kinds of agenda and narratives. So they control the media, they control elections, and they're not worried about the repercussions because as we've seen yesterday, Merrick Garland has two standards of justice. It's clear and obvious. They were on, Merrick Garland was on the committee yesterday and um, get, at a hearing and just flat out lied and denied the realities that we see every day. They could say it's not true, but it is true. So they used COVID, COVID to, control, uh, to redistribute your wealth, control you, keep you locked in. You know, Woody Harrelson is still getting fallout for what he said. He said basically that the the Pfizer and uh, the COVID vaccines were the drug cartels that said basically you can't leave your house until you get buy our drugs. That's what that's what Woody Harrelson said. He said that, and he got chewed up almost in concert in lockstep. Everybody got on board almost as if it was already packaged up to attack him. You know, and you take a look at all these other. Um, you know, what happened to Yay West or whatever. You step against the machine and the machine will take you down. And so climate change, they want to control how much you consume. They want to control where you live. They want to control with these 15-minute cities. Um, they want to f- force you to basically not be able to travel at your freedom. Your mobility will be uh, uh, sacrificed. And then also student loan forgiveness. That's another big issue that the Supreme Court was working on this week. Of course, that's about buying voter blocks. And I always said this, you know, how do you build retention? If you're a, a corporation, how do you build retention? You give a more, you bundle more into the package and you can build retention. If you give away value added bundles to customers or employees, whether it's health insurance or whether it's free um, perks that you get with your subscriptions, um, then you build retention. And what do you do? What does retention do? Retention builds stability in the corporation. It also gives them more time to remove and cut out the customers. You know, Standard Oil did that when they blew up. They sold gas for less than they bought it for because they could afford to do it, and they put the other guys out of business. They also blew up their other guys' machines. So we've seen the Nord Stream pipeline blown up. We've seen fertilizer plants blown up. We've seen all kinds of trains derailing. We've seen all kinds of sabotage, and with no explanation, really. And in the meantime, that's controlling our food supply. So they got the retention because they are making us more dependent. They're rising inflation. They, uh, that's what the um, Obamacare was all about, retention. We're going to give them this uh, free health care, which is never free. We're going to give them these free vaccines. It's never free. But what they're doing is they're building retention. And the retention, whether it's a corporation or a government, what they're doing is they're building compliance. So you remove the competitors and the options, and now you have control, and control is power. So I also put this together. I said develop. Uh, dependency on computers start a virus and then sell the antivirus that's just one example of what bill gates has done in his history 
Now we see these COVID uh, viruses, and then we see the vaccine antivirus, which never worked. And so why, why develop the uh, virus in the first place? You know, gain of function, right? You know, somebody did it. And more than likely, it was people like Bill Gates, you know, who basically want to start a new market, create a problem. You want you want to um, push digital currency? You want to sell locks? Defund the police. You'll get more crime. You'll need more locks, right? You want to you want to push the security agency business? That'd be another thing you you should do, right? So develop dependency on computers, start a virus, sell an antivirus. That's one example. Okay, crime, which we've said just said, crime crime sells locks. Crime in the streets, though, that's crime in the home. Crime in the home sells locks. Crime in the streets, you know what it sells? Digital currency. We're going to hear Lori Lightfoot talk about that. That's why she's no longer mayor. Crime in the streets sells digital currency. She says, basically, if the crime's up, don't carry cash around in your pocket. That, there'll be less to steal. Just use digital currency. Well, digital currency, you know, is a way to control speech. Crime in D.C., Crime in Washington, D.C. is so bad that Jean-Pierre said, crime in D.C., well, that's why you need to make D.C. a federal state. So you defund the police, and instead of getting uh, uh, ousted, instead of getting um, replaced, you get rewarded by fulfilling the key tenets of your agenda. You know, war benefits the military-industrial complex. covid benefits Pfizer. All of these people have one thing in common. They're all... No, I'm not talking about Lori Lightfoot and Jean-Pierre being both black women and lesbian. I'm not talking about that one. Uh, I'll get uh, you know in trouble for that one. But So I won't say it. But um, no, they all are globalists. The military-industrial complex, the World Economic Forum, the Brookings Institution, you know... All these think tanks in Washington, all the people that control the agenda are all liberals. And they're liberals because they don't allow competitive thought. They don't allow alternative thinking into their web. And that's why you have this indoctrination in the universities. It's not because their ideas are better. All people really want and what truly works is what the founding fathers had in store for us. And that's freedom, independence, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, freedom of religion. That's what we want. But that's not what we're getting with these controls. And they're using these technologies and their corporate power and their alliance with the government to get together at the World Economic Forum and elsewhere to plan out this agenda. They have all the money. They have all the guns. And the next thing you know, they want to take away your guns as well. So COVID... is the vaccines as war is to the military-industrial complex. Climate control, open borders is to slave labor. Slave labor is to also free lands. So when they import free slave labor into Europe and into United States, those slave laborers, where do they come from? They come from other countries that are now rendered defenseless because they don't have the manpower To produce a GDP, they don't even have the manpower to defend their land. Land, which is precious, because that land is full of minerals. They get to pick and choose, these globalists do. 
They get to pick and choose where these people are going to come from. Because they'll block out the people that uh, from certain countries that don't have great resources, and they'll allow in people from countries where they have great resources. And this is the thing. They can control everything. And that's exactly what they're doing. And what we want is we want a government that's run by the people. We want a government that's not so powerful and not in control of the people. We want a government that answers to the people. But that's not what we're getting with the Democrat Party and with the globalist agenda and with the neocons and the rhinos. But that is what we were getting with Trump. And that's why we should double down on more Trump. Because that, in essence, is... Now, he may not be perfect and he might be a red herring to some degree. Who knows? I've heard all kinds of stories. But he was the best thing that came along in a long time. And like I said before, you know, this whole thing about declaring China a developing nation, well, that's hogwash, too. That is hogwash. Because that's just about slave labor. That's what we said yesterday. It's about slave labor. That's all it is. So we got just a quick second. Caller, you're on the air. I've seen this caller call yeah. in him several times So, so uh, yeah. last week. Yeah. Yes, real, real quick, because I know you've got a lot to talk and that's the thing, all everybody's talking, you're talking, I'm not saying that nothing gets you. We all need to talk. But the biggest problem, everybody's talking about the death of her son, this and that. But the problem is, a year ago today, the truckers' convoy, which I was on, went across the country to try and stop some of this. They took some action. We were shut down like being put in a wood chipper. The government put us in a wood chipper and split us up in a thousand pieces. They stopped us. And this is the problem. The action isn't being taken. And if we have no action against these criminals, we can't stop them. And this is the problem. And I don't think anything's going to happen until everybody's starving and then they'll do something and then it'll be too late. And this is the problem. The action isn't being taken. We're all talking about it. We all know the problem, but we can't do anything about it because they shut us down like putting us in a wood chipper. We split us up in a thousand pieces. I saw last year at the truckers' convoy, they shut us down and stop us and demoralize us, and we can't do anything. So I don't know what the answer is, but until we have action and we all come together, all of us, 100% of us, like you and me and all the people who are concerned as much as we are, take the action, nothing's going to happen. But the problem is we can't take any action. And this is, we're in a real dilemma. So I don't know what the answer is, but uh, God help us all. I just wanted to put that in there because this is what's happening. We have to take the action, but they're shutting down the action that we're putting out. Look at January 6th. Right, they're right, still right. still rotten in jail. That's right, that's right. So, and, uh, you know, the thing is, is that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, we played a clip. She says, nobody wants civil war or bloodshed, but at some point that will end up being where we are. We'll be back in the 1865 Stone Ages uh, with a bloody civil war, and it will be messy. Um, but don't don't give up your guns. Anyway, thank you for calling in today. Thank you. All right, take God care. Bless you. All right, all right. So um, we're gonna get. We have a lot of clips to, today to play, and uh, I want to play this. Okay, so we were talking about Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot's basically saying, um, "You want to stop crime? Carry don't carry your money."
Okay, I'm getting to it. I got the wrong audio feed. Okay, here we go. With those street vendors, understanding what the nature of the crime is, making sure that we're doing things in concert with them okay. to help them uh, 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 make sure that their money is secure, not use money, if at all possible, using uh, okay. other forms of transactions to take care of themselves. I've heard a lot of rhetoric here, a lot of sound bites, but not a lot of concrete solutions on how we get the <laughs> So that's not a solution to the, uh, the problem there. But uh, let's take a listen to Jean-Pierre saying, high crime, D.C., uh, would do have better policing if it became a federal state. Uh, so state. look, I, what I can say. So as it relates to D.C., I'll say this, and the president has been very clear about this. Um, you know, I, we think um, uh, that we must do more to uh, to uh, to reduce crime and save lives. Uh, and that's why the president has taken those actions uh, as it relates to more D.C. more broadly. And the president has said this as well. It's a clear example why D.C. deserves statehood. Right. And that's something that the president has called for uh, since the campaign. Wow. So you screw up. Uh, why, why not just get a new mayor that actually believes in law enforcement? Well, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Um, Elon Musk tweeted this out. He says, twice as many people died in Japan last year as were born. Population freefall. Rest of the world is trending to follow. And that's a CNN article. Ja- Japan births fall to re- record low as population crisis. So, you know, Elon Musk has been on the opposite side of the World Economic Forum on that particular vantage point, which is to say that this is a real problem, this problem of... Um, population decline, not not growth. Um, so in any case, Japan's going to be in big trouble here in a while. So we'll keep an eye on that. As prior health minister of, in Ethiopia, Tedros was accused of covering up three major health epidemics. Do you trust this man as the health uh, head of the World Health Economic, uh, the World Health Organization run by China now? All right. And China's the source of the COVID, um, SARS v. COVID 2. Isn't a medical doctor. The appointment to the organization's highest position was controversial, given that in his previous role as Ethiopian's health minister, Tedros was accused of covering up three major health epidemics. Tedros is no stranger to controversy. As a former minister of health in Ethiopia, he has been accused of an alleged cover-up of three possible cholera epidemics. Prior to his appointment, Tedros was a high-ranking member of the Tigray People's Liberation Front, a brutal and corrupt political group responsible for crimes against humanity, including bombings, kidnappings, tortures, and killings. How does a man with such a controversial past score the top position at the world's most influential health organization. I have known Bill and Melinda for for many, many years now. While serving as Ethiopia's health minister, Tedros became intimately intertwined with both the Gates Foundation and the Clinton Foundation. The health minister of Ethiopia, one of the ablest public servants I ever worked with. With the backing of the two most powerful foundations on earth, and the full support of the Communist Party of China, Tedros was a shoo-in. We will have many body bags in front of us if we don't behave. (laughs) 
So that's uh, the Bill Gates funded, uh, Clinton funded dude. So as I mentioned, Merrick Garland has turned the DOJ into a political hit team for Joe Biden. There is no more impartial DOJ. The White House is using law enforcement to do its bidding. Let's take a listen to what uh, Josh Hawley had to say about this. I think the real thing here is, is that the White House calls the shots. Why is it that the Justice Department ordered a raid of Mar-a-Lago? You know, they, they couldn't, they wouldn't slap so much as slap Joe Biden on the wrist when he's got all these classified documents. But we learned today from reporting that Merrick Garland actually overruled field agents who said, no, 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 we shouldn't raid Trump's home. No way. He overruled them to do it. Why is that? Because the White House wanted it. Why is he going after pro-life demonstrators because the White House wants it. Why is he letting Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Barrett twist in the wind with all these protesters outside of their house because the White House wants it? I think he's just a tool of the White House. And I'll tell you, Jesse, they have weaponized this Justice Department like nothing we have ever seen in American history. Boom. Right? Boom. Right here. Monica Crowley is talking about Ukraine's biolabs, and she makes a statement that will blow your mind. This, again, today's theme is about government corruption in every single corner of an aspect of things that we've, we've seen in this world going on. Everything is planned. Nothing is by mistake. And it's, it's genocide. Global. It's a world war. I've been saying it for how long, folks? Well, take a listen to this Monica Crowley believes that COVID-19 was created in Ukraine. Could that be what they're covering up? Could they be covering up in Ukraine? Could they be covering up the origins of COVID? Not just the corruption and the laundering of Burisma and Hunter Biden, and because the Bidens were also invested in biolabs, Metabiota, and others. But so was uh, Victoria Newland. She was invested in this, and they were overthrowing Ukraine back in 2014. But listen to this. Listen to Monica Crowley make her case about COVID-19 being created in a Ukraine lab and then trafficked to China to be released. China's in on this, too, because China is part of the slave labor aspect They're going to get the world's business. Them in India are going to compete for the world's business of slave labor manufacturing. They're part of the equation. They're they're going to benefit from this. This is why they are still considered a developing nation. So that they could benefit from these stupid climate initiatives like Paris Accord, which basically say, we got to cut down on smokestacks and manufacturing. Meanwhile, the world's never going to improve because China's just going to quadruple their manufacturing. India's going to quadruple their manufacturing. So the smokestacks are over there. This is why Greta Thunberg never talks about China or India. They only talk about the West. Because what they're going to do is try to get the West to... to because the See, the thing is, is that it's impossible for the West to get into manufacturing with the... Um, the sophistication and the expense and the demand on um, uh, a minimum wage, right? People can't afford to work for $5 a day. So the West will never compete with the slave labor markets that are available in China and India. They know that. 
So they're basically going to say they're using climate as a, a, a umbrella cover. And they're basically saying we're getting we're going to clean up a, have a zero for carbon footprint. And meanwhile, all the dirt and the grime and the slime is going to be in China and India with the people working morning, noon and night for five dollars a day. And at the end of the day, the climate's never going to improve. And once people get engaged in this debate of climate change and they start asking questions about if you include China or not include China, then what does the uh, carbon footprint look like after we spend $50 trillion um, trying to um, reduce it? And they're going to come up with an unknown answer. We played that clip last week. It was a committee hearing clip. And nobody could answer the question, but they did say it was about $50 trillion to get the net zero in the West. But it's impossible to even co- uh, co- calculate if you enter the equation where China and India are exuding energy. It's crazy. Everybody knows it. It's a ruse. It's a hoax. It's all about slave labor. It's all about pushing manufacturing to different segments of the world enhancing the shipping lanes and then going net zero everywhere else and pushing paper. Anyway, let's take a listen to this really interesting analysis by Monica Crowley. Network was essentially run by the United States. It was an Intel operation. It was a DARPA um, operation. It was essentially run by the United States. And there is some speculation that SARS-CoV-2 was developed there, not in Wuhan, but it was developed in Ukraine and then trafficked to Wuhan. And that's where it was released and spread around the world. I do believe it was intentional. I don't believe that this was a lab leak by accident. I think that the timing is way too coincidental uh, for that. Um, when it comes to Ukraine, I think that, you know, there there is a possibility. We don't have any proof yet, but I'm relying on you, Natalie, to dig this up and report it as fact. But the speculation is perhaps that because of this Ukrainian biolab situation, that was one of the reasons that Vladimir Putin went in in the first place, because he knew that the United States was conducting this dangerous gain-of-function research, these bioweapons, right there on his border. He had warned the United States to stop. We apparently didn't stop and that Vladimir Putin could not stand to have this continue right on his doorstep. So that was one of several reasons why he went into Ukraine. Again, this is speculation. But then once the war began, Vladimir Zelensky is now could be perhaps, and again, speculation, blackmailing Joe Biden and his administration to continue this war, continue uh, pumping all of this money and all of these weapons into the combat zone because he knows our secret about this bioweapons and biolabs network. Again, I I don't have any proof on this yet. I'm relying on you, Natalie, to do your great investigation. Right, but there is, it's a very interesting theory. I have to say, um, and I would not put it past our government, uh, would you? Weapons of mass destruction. I mean, they lie all the time. Everything they say is a lie to fulfill their globalist agenda. Let's take a listen to uh, Byron Donalds talking about how if you're here for 30 days and you're an illegal, uh, you could be from Russia or China, you can vote. 
in municipal elections in D.C., Washington, D.C. Let's take a listen. You have a situation right now where, yeah, if you're illegal here for 30 days, you can vote. If you're a foreign national, you're here as an attache from Russia, from China. You now have the ability to vote in municipal elections in Washington, D.C. This is outrageous. And for the radical left to sit here and say, oh, we'll run for office on city council in D.C., that is a joke. The D.C. city council has run amok. All right, look, the Senate didn't do their job, but appropriations are coming around, and this is not over yet. We're going to take a hard look at this because this cannot be allowed to just continue as if it's okay in the United States. No other country in the world would allow non-citizens to vote in their (laughs) elections. Why are they so focused on rigging our elections? Because they can't win with their ideas. So we're not just importing election rigging from outside money and outside uh, voters uh, through our open borders. But you got Stacey Abrams now in Nigeria overseeing their elections because we're into nation building and overthrowing governments. Let's take a listen. Far at the different polling stations you have visited here in Abuja. I would say that despite a slow start uh, with the BIVAS, we have seen orderly lines, we have seen long lines signaling strong enthusiasm, but we've also seen a great deal of cooperation and a very peaceful conversation among voters. They want to be heard and they are willing to stand in line and have patience because they know that's their path to progress. It's interesting you say that because one of the things that I have observed the past few days, this huge contingent of youth voters that many believe will really play a significant role in this election. And the people that we've been speaking with have said they believe there will be high turnout today. You, of course, are well known in the United States for your activism, for being a political figure, an author, somebody who has done so much to try to expand voting rights. From the conversations that you have had, especially with youthful voters here in Nigeria, what is the takeaway? Well, I've had a chance to speak with uh, Yaga and with a number of youth voters across the across the state. And what they've said almost uniformly is they want to be heard. They believe progress is possible. They believe that more is possible. They understand that they are the most assailed by unemployment, that the challenges they face are real, but that so is the opportunity for change. What we've tried to have a conversation about, though, is the caution that not every election turns out the way you want, but that the responsibility is to show up and try to shape the future as much as you can. Well, okay, I bet you that goes in her favor. How how much you want to make a bet that if I were a betting man on elections, I bet that Nigeria is going to go the way Stacey Abrams wants it. What do you think? So Zero Hedge says, why is election denier Stacey Abrams overseeing elections in Nigeria? And of course, um, well, let's let's get into that a little bit. It's odd case of juxtaposition. So a Democrat who failed in Georgia, you know, all of a sudden has a vested interest. Um, it gets into uh, the politics of Nigeria. You should probably read up about it. But um, Nigeria... Uh, is is full of precious minerals, uh, like the Congo. Not quite like the Congo, but they want to control. Uh, you know, uh, there's gold. There's you know, and and um, it was a uh, President Maloney, uh, Georgie Maloney, uh, from Italy that was basically saying that uh, France was exploiting a lot of these African nations. Um, nations in Africa 
like Nigeria, with the colonial franc, which was worthless. They just printed it up, gave it to them, and they would then use the colonial franc to buy mansions and fancy cars and, and, and political corruption. And, and in the end, um, France would get the rights to, to, to mine the gold, and they were basically exchanging a worthless piece of monopoly money for bricks of gold. That doesn't seem fair to me, does it? You know, we talk about hoaxes and we talk about the Democrat Party and the, they're lying about everything, whether it's empty hospitals, whether it's um, uh, vaccines to forge you ahead with social credit score systems and digital currency, whether it's climate control thinking, oh, we care about the earth, but really they want to control you as a person. Well, don't forget about Jesse Smollett. So Tucker Carlson had a really funny open last night. We're going to play a little bit of that about Jesse Smollett. Is one of those times. For nearly four years now, we've been under the impression, an impression we regularly communicated to you, our viewers, that actor Jesse Smollett was the greatest BS artist since Bill Clinton. That he was a transparent race, race hoaxer who fooled the dummies in the national media but could not fool us. That's what we thought. We thought Jesse Smollett was a liar. You remember his story. It did seem unlikely. Late one night in sub-zero temperatures in a snowstorm, Jesse Smollett decided to venture out for a sandwich in downtown Chicago when he was, as people are, accosted by two physically enormous Trump supporters from Africa who somehow recognized him despite his ski hat from his part in a little-known musical drama series called Empire because campy musical dramas are apparently huge with muscle-head Trump voters from Nigeria. So they knew him instantly, right away. These two crazed African right-wing maniacs also correctly guessed that Jesse Smollett had voted for Hillary Clinton, and they hated that. And so, as Trump voters so often do, they began pummeling him about the face and screaming, this is MAGA country, because that's one of the things people typically say about downtown Chicago. It's MAGA country. Then, because they were still angry, they're always angry. These Nigerian racists poured bleach on Jesse Smollett, threw a noose around his neck, and then ran off into the night howling with demented glee. Here's how Jesse Smollett described it. When I see the uh, attacker uh, masked, and he said, this MAGA country punches me right in the face. I was just jumped. And I, then I look down and I see that there's a rope around my neck. Yeah. We're going to be honest with you. We had some questions about that story. It just didn't sound right to us. Something was off. Crazed Nigerian Trump voters assaulting liberals in downtown Chicago? How common is this? Chicago has 50 aldermen, and not a single one of them is a Republican. Chicago has not had a Republican mayor in 80 years. Donald Trump got 12% of the vote in Chicago. It didn't really seem like MAGA country. But boy, were we wrong. Not only is Chicago a right-wing Donald Trump stronghold, Last night, the QAnon army came for Lori Lightfoot. Lightfoot, of course, is the mayor of Chicago and a consummate neoliberal. All right, so that's, that's just pretty funny stuff, right? Um, but it gets serious. Uh, think about these 15-minute cities I've been talking about. It's a good idea. Is it a good idea? It's not. There is, this is where we are headed. And let's take a listen to this dude talking about digital ID and currency in 15-minute cities. If you go to China, uh, they're piloting it uh, a few years ago in Shenzhen. So I lived overseas. If you go to Shenzhen, 
back in 2017, they already had facial recognition cameras there. So if you jaywalked in Shenzhen, they would immediately detect that and send you a notification. And they would deduct money from your, what they call WeChat account. They, they use two main apps, WeChat and Alipay. So you can actually deduct your money directly from your account. This is four years ago. So this is not like some sort of conspiracy theory. It's not something that's going to happen 10 years into the future. This happened pre-corona in China. And so this system in China that exists is extremely advanced. They can detect if it's a man or a woman. They can detect, they can guess your age. They can detect what kind of car model it is, who the manufacturer is. This is the sort of technology that we see in all these dystopian sort of films and whatever. And people keep putting it off and thinking that this is something that's going to happen later in my kid's lifetime or my grandkids. It's already here. And if this gets implemented anywhere, especially in a Western nation, it's not going away. Israel is already talking about the fourth shot. Then they're going to be going to herpes, and they're going to ask if you're gay. They're going to be asking if you ate three pizzas this week because it's unhealthy. If you buy certain books in certain countries, your country doesn't like you. You'll lose points in the social credit score system. So this is already the reality of the world in certain places, and we need to be aware of that if we don't want that or if we do. And to be perfectly honest, anybody who wants this vaccine passport, it's a misnomer. It's total control. Everything you do or don't do will be calculated to the point where... If they can detect your GPS signal, if you have a phone on you, they can detect who you're hanging out with. Oh, you're hanging out with somebody that said something bad nine years ago on Weibo, okay, like a Chinese equivalent to Facebook or something like that, right? Oh, you lose two points. Oh, you bought Japanese books. You lose five points because you don't like Japan. This is what is going to come here because it's already there. And we're doing that a little bit with contact tracing for COVID, aren't we? So that they can see where you're at and who you're with. The simple reality is, is that the technology that CSIS has and all these big tech corporations, they already know where you are. It's just that they don't want to shock the system too much and admit that they have it. Edward Snowden revealed all this back in 2013. He, he fled to Hong Kong. They wouldn't keep him there. So now he's in Russia. Yeah. But the NSA has all of your information. They know your Google searches from like February 9th, 2004 in a bunker in Colorado. Help me, Rhonda. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? They have all this information. So, But they don't. Like in the U.S., they have the Fourth Amendment. They can't. They're not supposed to track you forever, right? So they pretend they don't have it. But they do. Yeah. If they really want to utilize it. So, you know, contact tracing is a good example of why it is that they were trying to basically sell. What they were doing is trying to basically sell the need for tracking, right? And and digital tracking. That's what they were doing. And, you know, this guy here, this open hospitals thing. Let's take a listen to this. It's very visual. It's hard to get uh, uh, trans to convert, convert it over to audio. Uh, for radio, but uh, you'll get the gist of it. Um, again, this was to push the the push the COVID fear and push the COVID contact tracing. Um, but this was about empty hospitals, and I said empty hospitals needs to be reexamined now that we know the same people behind the Jesse Smollett hoax, the Russian hoax, the climate hoax were all. Also behind the pandemic, the scandemic, the COVID hoax, the Ukraine imp- imp- uh, impeachment, and the J6 infiltration. Let's take a listen. Sibley Hospital Center. No one's in there, obviously. Here we go. Where's all the sick people? Where's all the COVID patients? Where's all the COVID patients? Where are they? Where's the ICU? Huh? Where's everybody that's sick? We're in a, we're in a, a pandemic. Look, it's empty, everybody. Completely it's empty. It's empty, everybody. It's empty. Security at the front door, like usual, in every hospital in Maryland, D.C., Virginia. Yeah, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Where's all the sick people? Where's all the sick people? Where's, all the, where's the medical pandemic? Where is it? Where's the medical pandemic? 
Where's all the COVID patients? Everything's closed. Where's everybody? Nobody's here. It's empty. Look at this. The whole hospital corridor is completely empty, everybody. It's empty. Empty. Get out of my face. Empty. It's empty. It's empty. Look at this. Look at this testing center, everybody. What is this bullshit? Air conditioner? Air conditioner. Look at this tent. Big old tent set up. Where is everybody? Medical pandemic, right? Medical pandemic. Security waiting for me. Everywhere I go, security's waiting for me. Huh? Where is everybody? Empty parking lot. Empty hospital. This is Sibley Hospital. This is a giant hospital center. It's empty. No one is here. Look, everybody. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's what the hoax, they were, they were pushing this hoax. The same as they were pushing the J6 hoax. Listen to um, Tim Ryan before he lost his election to J.D. Vance. But listen, listen to what he had to say about J6. Um, you are certainly in a state where um, the, the votes of working class uh, uh, Ohioans, that's going to be what, if you go to the Senate, is going to, to carry you there. Um, the president said that a portion of the Trump movement, the extreme MAGA philosophy, he calls it's like semi-fascism. Does that hurt you with the voters you need uh, to win in November? Uh, no, I, no. Look, it, it's, it's straight fascist. If you're storming the Capitol on January 6th, if you're beating the United States Capitol Police over the head with a lead pipe, in order to overturn an election, if you are making bold steps to ban books and to do all of these things that are, you know, e- even to the point where you want to control a woman's body to the point where if a 10 year old uh, girl is raped, you say that the government should mandate that uh, pregnancy. You have a Supreme Court justice saying they want to get rid of birth control, nullify marriages. I mean, what what else would you talk about? How else do you explain this? other than a small group of people who have hijacked the Supreme Court, they've hijacked state legislatures, and what they've done in the, in the short term and what they're going to do in the long term is continue to hurt working class people. We're not going to have a great economy if we have a government that's interfering in everybody's personal life. They want to punish businesses where they don't agree with the culture like they're doing down in Florida. Like This is mm. huge governmental overreach, the largest governmental overreach we've seen in our lifetime, a complete violation of the personal freedoms, the free markets, free businesses. This- where, where was this monster, this guy who didn't get reelected to the Senate? Um, where was this guy when it came to COVID mandates and vaccines and mask mandates and all kinds of crap? Right. So we know that he's just full of it. Right. And here's the same thing. Supercut. Biden admin. Relax. We'd never impose a vaccine mandate. Let's take a listen. We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. Needless to say, the right of women to make decisions about their own bodies is not negotiable. No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Our interest is very simple from the federal government, which is Americans' privacy and rights should be protected. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? Well, I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. First, 
We must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements. <laughs> so that's at the end there. He contradicted himself. Of course, we know the story. People lost their jobs, their livelihoods over this bull crap. It's complete bull. Uh, here's another one. Even CNN is calling out the Biden administration on Democrats' past comments saying Biden doesn't have the power to cancel student debt forgiveness, which, again, is buying voter blocks, creating dependency, creating government control, expanding government over its people and trying you know, and, and buying those voter blocks for the youth vote. Um, here it is. Even the president himself in a CNN, CNN. Uh, town hall in Milwaukee last year questioned and, and actually laid out the limits of his authority. Listen to this. I'm prepared to write off the $10,000 debt, um, but not 50. Mr. President, let me ask you, because I don't think I have the authority to do it by sign of the pen. Then Speaker Pelosi said this in 2001 about the limits, again, of what you can do without an act of Congress. Here she was. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. She later said in 2022, actually, we do have this power. But you can see those are two key people in the administration and the then speaker saying there are limits to this authority. And that's the real legal question here. Now, before the just before the election, he pushed it and he was going to go forward with it anyway. And then, of course, now the Supreme Court this week is weighing in on it. And I hope that they uh, rule against it. Uh, this was a really great uh, clip from Matt Gates on um on uh, the corruption and money going to Ukraine. Let's take a listen. Again, this show is all about corruption. Mr. Gates, five minutes. Mr. Storch, you're our watchdog. Ukraine has a corruption problem, right? Uh, There's a long history of issues with corruption in Ukraine. Infrastructure minister arrested for stealing $400,000. Deputy head of Zelensky's office can't explain where the sports cars came from, so he had to resign. Uh, Deputy defense minister resigned over contracting corruption, but the defense ministry put out a statement that his resignation was a worthy deed. And the wife of a former Ukrainian politician was found with $22 million in cash crossing the border into Hungary last year. But let's get to this this end-use monitoring you testified to. The Arms Control Act of 1996 requires end-use monitoring. Let's begin with a definition of end-use monitoring. These laws require assurances that defense articles and services are used only for authorized purposes, minimizing the security risk, protects the investments made by the U.S. taxpayer, as well as our allies and partners. And we at DSCA take our oversight of the program very seriously. As you testify here today, you cannot testify truthfully under oath, that the DOD has complied with the policy and law regarding end-use monitoring during all times of this conflict. Isn't that right? So I, I want to be careful here when I respond to you, Congressman. But here's the, the operative question. We haven't complied with, with end-use monitoring according to the law with everything we've sent to Ukraine to date, have we? So our 2020 report... You're, you're sort of dodging the question. You cannot testify that we have complied with the end-use monitoring requirements at all times during this conflict, can you? So our, our, we have an ongoing... You cannot testify that everything is complied with the law and the end-use monitoring, can you? 
So some of that gets into the classified report. I think everyone watching this could see that if you could testify to that, you would. I think the American people deserve to know if this 1996 law is being followed or not. We at DSCA take our oversight of the program very seriously. You can't testify that it is being followed, and so I think they can draw reasonable conclusions from that. Is the Azov Battalion getting access to U.S. weapons? Uh, Not that I'm aware of, um, but... You have information. Uh, I, I see consent to enter into the record. The Global Times investigative report uh, citing the Azov Battalion was even getting stuff as far back as 2018. Without objection, so ordered. It's, help me understand how U.S. taxpayers paying for pensions in Ukraine is, is a good idea for our country. Uh, I would defer you to other parts of our government. You're a senior Biden administration official. So while we have a corrupt Ukrainian government, while we have our watchdog here who can't say that we followed the law on in-use monitoring, we have the President of the United States saying we need to fund pensions in Ukraine. Meanwhile, the pensions of our fellow Americans are in greater jeopardy. Mr. Chairman, I seek uh, unanimous consent to enter a number of articles. And there it is. There's a lot of corruption in our government. Um, and the media helps control the whole thing. Um, here we go with uh, Joe Rogan's piece on um, uh, Woody Harrelson. And he was basically talking about how the media was so quick to go after Woody Harrelson. Yeah. You hear Woody Harrelson on SNL? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that Another immediately Buckeye. after Woody Harrelson had that monologue on SNL where he's joking around about a drug company forcing you to take their drug, right after it, the next day, there's all these hit pieces. Mm-hmm. Like like they were timed. Like there's a hit, hit piece in Vox, there's a hit piece in Vanity Fair, there's a hit piece... Calling him an anti-vaxxer and a stoner. And he a, sucked on cheers. In this conspiracy theories. He's pushing conspiracy theories. No, he's no, 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 no. That's not what he's doing. He's, make, he's a joke monologue on SNL about something that makes people laugh mm-hmm. because you can kind of make a weird comparison to those two. That's the only reason why the joke works. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason why it works is because people are thinking it. Like so, for you guys to come out and say like, "Oh, conspiracy theories," doesn't no, it's jokes about a possible conspiracy theory, and the one that he's describing isn't even it's not even a real one. He's making a joke about what the real one was like. Maybe not the best joke. Maybe not the best delivery. That's SNL. But um, <laughs> the fact that that got this immediate response. Where all these people defend the pharmaceutical companies. They're all jumping in and defending them. Like in unison, they're all anti-vaxxer, stoner. In, you know, instead of saying it sucked or instead of saying, hey, stick to acting. Instead, right. you know, no, it's like they all wanted to jump in to defend the vaccine. They all wanted to jump in and defend the pharmaceutical companies from this anti-vaxxer, stoner actor. Who's talking? It's just interesting that they all take that route. I, I get criticized in the monologue, but all taking that route, that's an anti-vax conspiracy theory. Like, is it? No, it's, he's joking about a, a way things went down. The yeah. cons- conspiracy is how the media in concert is working with the government, and the government is working with the corporations, and both are working with the globalists. You see, exactly what I've been saying. And they're working with China and they're exploiting slave labor and on and on. And they're using these climate control initiatives. They're using COVID mandates to redistribute wealth, to control you as a person. And that's what's happening. And, you know, the thing about Ukraine is 
This was all planned. I found another powerful short film about the U.S.'s role in Ukraine, 2014, made in coup d'etat. Interesting in watching it. Give uh, this a retweet. Let's take a listen real quick. How did this suddenly morph from a protest into a revolution, as the protesters are calling, looking to topple an elected government? 2014. It's not an easy job to topple the government, to change the president, to sign an association agreement, but this is our agenda. We are waiting that President Kinokovic return back to Brussels and sign that agreement. Good to see you. We're here from America. Would you like some bread? Signing the association agreement with the EU would also put Ukraine on a path to strengthening the sort of stable and predictable business environment that investors require. Five so it's a lot of music and stuff, but it's a, it shows McCain, it shows Victoria Newland all rigging the Ukraine system. And now look at where we are today. One final clip. Let's take a listen to this one. During analysis reporting technology, according to the WEF website, as of May 2023, there will be smart city governance initiatives in more than 36 countries worldwide. What does this mean? With your new digital ID, it means real-time data and tracking. It means a 15-minute travel limit to get a permit. It means all your money, shopping, travel, entertainment, daily activities, and carbon footprint will be tracked and monitored by your digital ID. And if you exceed what you're allowed, you could be denied access to daily activities. Think of it like this. It's less of a 15-minute smart city and more of a confinement community. That's really what it's about. It's a confinement. It's putting you into a corral. They want you all living in cities, these 15-minute cities, where you're limited with your mobility. This is where we're heading, folks. If we're not careful, we need to keep our eyes open. Eyes open. And be prepared for where this is going. We're fighting every day, trust me. And I think we are making progress. We're winning little battles. But the war is so deep and so big and... People need to realize that they are in a world war, world struggle against this global, globalist movement. People need to reject it. It's probably going to start with selling this to our liberal friends and make sure that they don't help the election riggers win these elections. That's, uh, to me, where the grassroots lies. Uh, be sure to check out magapack.org uh, to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State over at My Pillow, and with that, also go to scottadamshow.com to check out all of our podcasts and social media. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Just Bye-bye. To bury my kids right up to there.